0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Seller Performance Solutions with Leah McHugh. Hi. Uh, and um, a client of ours, Keith Gregory of Highland Labs. How you doing, Keith? Good, how you doing, Chris? Good, and I'm glad you came up with this idea and approached us to talk about what we're talking about today, compliance craziness. Amazon did a big sweep asking for certificates of analysis and compliance documentation. Was it two years ago when they initi- initiated that? They started Um,
1: talking about it about two years ago and rolled it out, you know, around January, February, 2021.
0: 2021, so maybe 18 months ago. And we just want to catch up on this topic because we know that certain brands, especially lesser known sort of phantom brands have been proven to be or shown to be misrepresenting the potencies of their dietary supplements. That's one issue we're going to talk about today. And the other is just Amazon's lack of follow-up in terms of auditing. They might request a COA on your way in, right? But never check back in or pull random samples of products in FBA to check their potencies later on down the line. Um, Unless there's a buyer complaint, right? Maybe we'll just start with that. Do you think it's driven just by a buyer complaining, hey, this product wasn't what it was cracked up to be, what what it was supposed to be as shown on the label? Is that where this all starts? I don't think most
1: consumers in this space wouldn't necessarily even know of a product met label claim or not. And I think that's the real danger here is with vitamins and supplements, a lot of the times you're, you're taking them from a proactive stance. So it's not, Hey, I'm sick and I'm taking something to cure, you know, or prevent because we're selling supplements, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. We're doing things to, you know, better your life from a proactive standpoint. So a lot of times people wouldn't know if the product wasn't what it claimed to be. And unless there's somebody out there, you know, policing that, checking that, making sure, you know, the products they're selling are actually compliant, there's nobody safeguarding the consumer here. Right. That's the real danger, I think.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting because I think that a lot of the new compliance checks that we were seeing were being pushed by greater scrutiny by the FDA. I've certainly seen in my work, a lot more FDA warning letters, specifically mentioning products that were sold on Amazon or what verbiage they were using on their Amazon page. I guess my question to you as somebody in the industry is what would be the next step? Is it the FDA that needs to push for greater scrutiny? Is it Amazon? Is it both?
1: I think there's a burden on everybody, right? Certainly Amazon as the host of this marketplace share some responsibility in this. Right. And I feel like they've kind of done the bare minimum as far as saying, okay, we're going to require a C of A for a new product before we allow it to list. Right. Which is, mm-hmm. and they did step up that requirement because it used to be, you could list anything on Amazon and the dietary supplement category. And, and there was no requirements. Right. Exactly. So at least they're requiring a third party C of A now to say, okay, this product does indeed have, what it says it is. And even further, like in some categories, mail enhancement categories, those kinds of things, they're requiring further testing to show that there aren't adulterated materials in some of those products. But where they're falling down is, you know, as soon as a product has submitted that C of a further lots that are being submitted further, you know, shipments into Amazon and those marketplaces, they're not testing again. There's no random sampling across the marketplace. And so it creates a conundrum as when you're in the industry and you see products selling on Amazon at below market price of some of the raw materials that are in there. Right. So those of us that are in the industry, we start to question, okay, well, what's the integrity of that product? We don't know this brand. You don't see this brand on a store shelf anywhere. I can't go down to the local Kroger and buy this. Um, so who's policing that? And the way we started this conversation was now foods came out with this big study you know, where they went and they randomly bought 24 different products in the personal space on Amazon, and they sent them off to a third-party lab, ISO lab, to test them. And what you find out is there's only three out of those 24 products that actually met or exceeded label. Oh, Some of them, it, it was non-detectable.
0: And we've heard this a lot. In the supplement space, a lot of sellers who were new sellers jumped into it because Amazon wasn't mandating compliance documentation, right? It's not the same thing as in selling in a retail store where the process was different. Amazon seemingly was playing catch up or building this from the ground up. And there was a history of misrepresented products for years in the supplement space, right? I mean, the supplements became known for that kind of behavior. Wait, we would also
2: be appalled to know how many people contacted us who were already selling supplements, who did not yeah. know what a of is or how to get one or had ever had one made for their supplement products.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, why should it be your burden, Keith, as an established player in this category in this business, to to do all the buying and testing it yourself? Why wouldn't Amazon assume some of that burden? Why is it up to um, a supplement seller to conduct all this due diligence, right?
1: And the reality is is, The FDA would say it is the brand's responsibility to have. So Mm -hmm. if you look at 21 CFR part 111, which regulates, you know, dietary supplements and vitamins in the United States, it very clearly says if you're going to sell a brand, regardless of the marketplace, you need to have third-party certification of what's in that product. You have to have a C of A for every lot of product you sell to say, okay, this is what my product is. And it lays out pretty clearly what you have to test in that product. So if I'm the FDA, I'm going to put the burden on the brand, which is probably why Amazon has said it's not necessarily our job to police this, but at the same time, the FDA does not have the resources to go out right. and police all of the different brands that are on Amazon and Amazon doesn't make it easy to know who those brands are, right? Like you yeah. can go and find out if somebody might be selling that product, but it may not be easy to contact them or ultimately figure out who they are either. Mm-hmm. So regardless of the regulatory piece, it's hard to sometimes track down who these people are and who's selling on that platform.
2: Well, and unlike in a traditional retail relationship, there isn't a whole lot of due diligence done before the products are listed. I mean, if products that are being sold in the store, somebody knows who is selling those products and somebody knows where to find that person. If something goes wrong, Amazon, Mm -hmm. not necessarily.
0: Right.
1: Very true. You know, you see that across all categories on the Amazon, but certainly in this space, there's a lot of opportunity in the supplement space. I went through and pulled the numbers for maybe 12 of the products that were in this test and you're talking about $2 million a month in sub potent right. products, you know, so $25 million a year, people are spending on products that aren't what they claim to be it seems right. like a pretty big deal I and mean, that's For just us. one small subsect of products on amazon it's not one of the biggest categories it's not vitamin c you sure, probably sure. the same thing pervasive in a larger category
0: but. we've worked with vitamin c sellers supplement sellers who had to report products where the labels didn't match the contents of the product at all and had to report that to amazon which leads to my next question because i was thinking of the vitamin c examples and we've worked with people in that Area, that category, Amazon had kind of had to be pushed to take action on those sellers. Amazon wasn't necessarily pulling the products, testing them, sampling them themselves until they were really pushed hard. So, do you think that's what it takes, at least in this day and age? Do you think Amazon has to be almost arm twisted or coerced into testing this stuff in order to take more of an interest in the bad buyer experience created by subpotency products?
1: I think. They certainly have a responsibility to either provide more transparency around products or require a greater burden on people selling on the platform. Right. And, right. and I say that as a seller, not really loving the current burden that <laughs> right. you have to go through sometimes. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. But in order to ultimately protect the consumer, either Amazon has to randomly sample products, right. And you can argue about whether that's truly their responsibility or not, or you've got to, you know create a bigger burden where every time seller sends in a new lot of product, they've got to provide a C of A, which I don't think that would be unheard of. Right. Right. I, I, as a brand owner already have a responsibility to make sure I have a C of A for every lot of product that I have. Right. Why not just require me to send it in? You might have a harder time if somebody wants to sell FBM, but you know, that's a different ball game. So
0: well the alternative is amazon just waits until they get a letter from the fda mandating certain actions right which is how it currently appears to be so they could either just stand pat and keep waiting for letters from the fda the difference here is that amazon's always professing that their number one goal is the best buyer experience in online commerce online shopping possible so if you're sitting around waiting for letters from the fda telling you to take down all these listings and pull all these items out of FBA, then you're not providing the best buyer experience by definition, right?
1: No. And I don't know how you can possibly sit there as Amazon and say, you're providing the best buyer experience when the number one selling product in this category that was tested, they sell over $500,000 a month right. in product. That's less than 60 you know, percent hope. So, right. okay. How, how is that providing a good consumer experience if be, if people are basically buying junk, right? I don't I can, even think they would need yeah. to
2: create new SOPs. I mean, They own Whole Foods. Yeah. Whole Foods has pretty much been known since the beginning as being one of the highest burden of proof in terms of getting your mm. products listed in there. Yep. So they probably already have the SOPs with Whole Foods. They're just not using Applying them on the it. marketplace.
0: Yeah. It's not scalable. It's not adjustable enough and convenient enough for their needs. The the supplement space has some of the highest PPC costs yeah. of any space on Amazon, yeah.
1: right? So yeah. you start cracking down on some of these sellers and all of a sudden you're cutting into your revenue
0: big time. Right, the The financial disincentives, we don't even have to go into because we already know that they're there. But what kind of traction do you get when you refer any of this or report any of this to Amazon compliance teams? So when
1: you, you look at Now Foods, who started this kind of self-policing program in 2017, Every time they go through one of these categories and create these reports, they send it to Amazon, they send it to the FTC, and there's been very little action of any kind that you Mm -hmm. can tell from it. I think Amazon gives it a little bit of lip service, but they're not Mm -hmm. taking action in the category. They're not doing anything to make it a better experience for buyers. It's just making it, I think, harder for reputable brands that are trying to do the right thing to be competitive in the space and, you know, actually Get their products in front of consumers so
0: and and leah can tell you we've taken on client cases where people have hired us just to escalate this type of abuse because they've already reported it in maybe 92 percent of the cases that the people have come to us have already tried reporting it through established seller central regular channels most of them got absolutely nothing back that indicated it had been reviewed or that any action was taken Obviously, they can tell if the listing is still up that no action was taken, but they don't know why. No one explains that. And we have to use the escalation process just to increase the odds that it's reviewed, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, or more public forums to try to sway consumer Mm -hmm. decisions in terms of Amazon decisions.
0: Which in itself means if you have to escalate it. I mean, a lot of sellers and brands don't even know how to escalate a complaint or a abuse report like this. Most sellers, I would argue, don't know how to do that. Well, In and any- this is
2: something that a consumer wouldn't necessarily realize. A consumer isn't going to take their supplements to a lab to make sure that it's as okay. potent as it's supposed to be. So right. it's not a consumer facing issue, which usually means that it, it gets ignored until pushed by a regulatory yeah. body or the media.
1: If you look at it from Amazon's perspective, if somebody's doing 22,000 unit sales a month, And they get one or two complaints on that. Yeah. Amazon looks at that as a great seller victory. (laughs) (laughs) They're not seeing the fact that, oh, that product is complete garbage. And they're basically just, people are throwing their money away on it. But that's the reality. You know, you, you take some of these products that whether it's completely just mislabeling or just outright fraud. I mean, I don't know how you take, you know, some of these products that were in this test that had non-detectable levels of the active ingredient or less than 50% of the active ingredient and say it's anything other than fraud. And that's what you're seeing pervasive on the site. And it shouldn't be the responsibility of other brands to point this out to Amazon. I think it's kind of the point, right? Amazon should be doing something to protect the consumer in this regard. But you're not going to end up, you're not going to end up with a class action lawsuit regarding supplements against Amazon. If it was a toy that some the people's children were buying and you were having a problem with it, Amazon would be treating this very different.
0: If the category manager undoubtedly is aware of this, if the people who are responsible for managing this category don't have the bandwidth, they don't have the authority or don't have the support of their superiors to implement new SOPs and new solutions for this, we can all agree that probably won't happen. So... What other suggestions, what other ideas are there that we could suggest to Amazon knowing that we can't just lay this at the feet of the category manager? Is it really just people writing letters to Andy Jassy? What other concepts do you think haven't been touched yet that could be brought into this?
1: The reality is that the solutions are there um, and they're already part of the regulatory framework of our industry. Mm-hmm. It's getting Amazon to kind of enforce some of those compliance issues. Right. and. All they have to do is, is require that C of A for every lot of product to send in, and then actually have somebody trained on the other side that can review it. So I think sometimes there's a challenge there too, where we send in this very detailed analytical paperwork and whoever's reviewing that doesn't quite, you know, understand it. It's not always the same format. There's hundreds mm-hmm. of different labs out there with different formats. So you do have to have somebody competent that can actually review that stuff on the other side. Otherwise right. it's just paperwork for the of paperwork, right. which I know Amazon doesn't love. But there's things in place already. They just need to be enforced in this space. And from a consumer perspective, know who you're buying your, your product from. I think if, if you're somebody that's taking supplements and you're buying them on Amazon, do a little research, do these people sell it anywhere else other than on Amazon?
0: We're always preaching to everyone on this podcast. Don't believe everything you see, hear or read. <laughs> so that goes for consumers and sellers, of course, too. All right, Keith, thank you so much. This is really interesting and really important. Thanks for speaking with us today about this. Is there anywhere you want anyone to reach you directly? If they have examples like this that you want to show to Amazon, or would you prefer that they reach out to us with that information?
1: They can reach out to you guys and you can mm-hmm. share with me that okay. would be perfectly fine. If somebody wants to reach out to me directly, they can reach me, keith at highland-labs.com. Okay. Um, they can probably find me on LinkedIn too.
0: They try real hard. (laughs) All right. Well, they know where to find me and Leah. So thanks again for joining us for Cell Performance Solutions. We will speak with you next time. Thanks, Keith. Thank you.